What's up, my people? Welcome to Fellowship Bible Church's Sermon Spotlight, where we're coming at you each and every week with a fresh weekend, a debrief, and an effort to send biblical truth. What better way to do that than by the power of conversation? I'm one of your hosts, Caleb Pearson. Joining me, dear friend and companion of mine, Mark Francis in the host spotlight. How are you? Mark, how you doing, my friend? I'm good. Good. Doing great. Good. Coming off Memorial Day weekend. Oh, yeah. It was fun. And I just have to comment because I was not on the episode last week. Mm. Great, amazing job, both of you guys. Oh, doing the Morrison off, thing. Sending yeah. off John Morrison yeah, appropriately. Fun. And he's had many send-offs, even roasts, I, I know, in the staff meeting. If we could have captured a glimmer of the staff lunch that we had for mm. him about a month or two ago, that could have been amazing as well. Mm. But you guys brought it, so thank you for that. Yeah. And um, Mark, I mean, he, I think he, you have an update of where he is right now. And they, yeah, they, 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 thing, they right? left Saturday in the U-Haul and arrived uh, last night or yesterday afternoon in their yeah. place in, uh, outside of Fort Worth, Texas. In Texas. So got there safe and sound. It was a little rough go, but they uh, long journey uh, with uh, yeah. trucks and another, his pickup pulling another you all and all that stuff. But uh, their two <laughs> two of their sons flew, uh, up, right? flew up yeah. and drove back with them. So just another FBC are in Texas now. That's right. Okay, it's hard know. to believe. It's kind <laughs> of a sad thing in one sense. But we move on. Yes. <laughs> it will become are. a distant memory, John I, I, Who. I, I will say it was so Don funny. Who, Charlie Who. When they all uh, banged on the door, like he was so forgiving, his face. He couldn't believe someone knocked and interrupted the yes. podcast. Yes. But then he was so forgiving, ready to continue his point, and then he just gets he up. He had and, an amazing point. Yeah, it was too. so funny. Yeah, yeah it was yeah. fun. But you've heard him already. He's back with the senior pastor, Mark Carey. Marky Mark, thanks for being here, my friend. Mm -hmm. Very good. Guys, let's jump into a Sunday in review. Uh, Mark Francis, I'll come your way first, and we'll see what happened this weekend at FBC. Yeah. I mean, we're kicking off a, a new mini-series, if you want to call it that, yeah. in the book of Ruth. Yeah. So I'm excited about it. Yeah, it is only four chapters, and mm -hmm. I think you touched on just the first couple verses. So mm -hmm. it, I appreciated the service. Yes, I was a part of three out of the four services that were going on mm -hmm. here. So yeah, Caleb, I was able to sing with your lovely wife, Hannah. She Good. did a great, yeah. amazing job she loved in it. the services upstairs. Um, but I just appreciate the, the totality of the worship time. Mm. And, and yeah, we're here to talk about the sermon, typically. But, you know, as... As you've heard us share before, the worship service um, gets planned <laughs> sometimes weeks in advance, and we mm -hmm. hear from the teaching pastor of what's going to happen and what are we really looking at. Mm -hmm. And I just appreciate just singing about the greatness of God, His sovereignty, and then concluding with a song that was really so tied tightly with your final points, Mark, of just there is one king. God is our king. Um, and, you know, looking at Elimelech's name and and just how that fit to just I mean I, I'll just read the the line of the first verse of that closing song is though the nations rage kingdoms rise and fall there is still one king reigning over all that's how we ended our service to send people off with that mm -hmm. um, that thought and there's one takeaway we can know that yes he is king and he is somebody to be trusted which is crucial if you're going to end at the verse five of ruth chapter one because right. you're yeah. really you're preaching a, a like a, a family history and then death yeah right uh, and, and so characterizes it you know a debbie downer sermon yeah. Or something. <laughs> yeah yeah so in your sermon prep for that and what direction you would take it you brought in passages from judges and talked about lessons to be learned what what was it like for you to figure out how to how to bring in that hope, how to talk through the pacing of what you want Ruth to look like and all that stuff. Well, 
I mean, I was focused on the first five verses. I wanted to give an overview a little bit, that, or the, the historical overview. It came about in the days of the judges. So you got to go back. We just, you know, the chapter before is the judges. So you got to kind of paint a little picture for people. What, what were the days of the judges? Hmm. And, and allow, because Ruth is in the context of that. Mm -hmm. it, it'll help explain maybe why this family of four uh, left, but there had, but you have to um, have that historical context. So, giving that in the book of Judges, as well as the historical context of why it was bad to go to Moab. Mm -hmm. So that whole historical context had to be explained. Mm -hmm. And and then the irony of ironies is that the guy who told, pulled his family out of this place of blessing to the place of cursing is a guy who was named My God is King, and it was just. It's, it's such a sad story. Mm -hmm. And in five brief verses, you've got three funerals, you've got a famine, you've got, you know, just this sad sadness. And um, um, yeah, it's kind of a, a yucky yeah. five verses. But then as I was studying that passage, and it really kind of came to me towards the end of last week, I had the passage pretty well all put together and all that stuff, the sermon put together. How do you know what is a what what do people need to walk away with? Mm -hmm. And it struck me, someone named that little boy Elimelech. Yeah, my God is king. And and the previous verse in Judges twenty one twenty five in the day when there was no king in Israel, yet here were some parents who were saying, no no mm -hmm. no, there is a king. Mm -hmm. My God is king. It just it's yeah. stepped out at me, uh, stood up to me yeah. and. It was the way. It was what we needed to do to finish, and then that closing song yeah. was just and to bring perfect. it back full circle to, to yes, God is King. Yeah, in mm -hmm. in the days where everyone did what was right in their own eyes, and you alluded to it a little bit in your sermon of how you felt that this was the right timing for yeah. us as FBC to get into this book, yeah. to get into this, and we saw a glimmer of that this past weekend of why this book is so relevant today. Yeah, but just the everyone doing right in his own eyes of yeah. where we are in today's society. And, I, you know, I could have taken, and I, I told it that instantly, you, you could take 10 minutes, 15 minutes, and talk about how everyone is doing right in their own eyes today. Mm -hmm. But you can get, I think people know that. I, I, exactly, that I was thinking. <laughs> I, I just think we're in this day and age of 24 cable news, of different things, and though maybe some live with their head in the sand and not, not aware, and certainly some are are far more aware of even even the layers of depth mm -hmm. of of debauchery that's going on. But there is I mean there is some unpacking that can be done though because if people aren't really fully aware of the truth of God's word and see whether it's sin for what it is, they might be blind to what is being done. Right, right. in their own eyes. And that's why it's far more important I my understanding it's far more important to unpack the truth of the scripture. Yeah. As opposed to exegeting and unpacking diagnosing. the truth of our diagnosing yeah. our culture today. Yeah. I mean, yeah. just just read today's paper, or just read you know, just, just watch the headline, listen to the headlines for fifteen minutes, and you've got it. You know, mm -hmm. I saw that today seventy children were rescued yeah. today or yesterday from sex trafficking <laughs> in a multi-state. That that happens all the time. Mm. And yeah, there might be some people in the congregation saying, well, "Sex trafficking? What's that?" In our country, mm. oh, that happens in India, doesn't it? Or mm. happens in Bangladesh. Mm. So, yeah, you can 
share all that muck, but you don't have to. It's but having a sensitivity to yeah. the culture to being when you are That's watching right. the news or reading the paper to say, wow, there there is something going on in this world today that obviously is you know yeah. in the hands of the evil one, and people are doing what's right in their own eyes, and they're just out for yeah. themselves. And where is God in this? And where and even what's my response? How do you know? Yeah. How can I appropriately? Well, it, Live life. It's going to be the culture that brings a lot of people in at times to visit a church, or they're mm. aware of the injustice, and and we want to make sure it's not actually the culture that's driving us out either. That that's our task, mm -hmm. but it's it's the people, mm -hmm. it, it's the, it's the people that God has died for, and it's it's the ultimate calling, and we we handle it, and we realize all those examples that you could spend forever unpacking, and everyone would say, yeah, yeah, I agree, I agree. They're they're biblical, and so there's going to be a biblical response. There's going to be an opportunity to be biblically dependent on whatever that fill-in-the-blank is going to be. And, and e even in my mentorship and development here as, as, a, as a leader in ministry, to learn to process things biblically and not get so overwhelmed that, yeah, I'm, I, I'm finding the solution in the same place the problem is found. Yeah. Uh, we want to cling to something yeah. like that, cling yeah. to yeah. a spark of hope we hear on the news or a podcast or yeah. a person. Yeah. But it's all here. It's all here. And the, the, the fun thing about the story of Ruth is that it gets so personal. Mm -hmm. it, 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 it doesn't stay out there in broad strokes. All of a sudden you're brought face to face with a guy named Elimelech and Naomi and two boys. Mm -hmm. And and now mm -hmm. you're caught into there. They were real people who made real choices mm -hmm. and it cost them their real lives, the, 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 the men in that family. Mm -hmm. And Naomi is left. Um, so you're, you're pulled in now to, to the story of, of what's happening with this couple in a culture where everyone is doing what is right with our own eyes. And out in in the world today, and in, even in the church today, there are Elimelechs, there are Naomi's mm -hmm. who are doing what they think is right in their own eyes, but they don't, they've lost the biblical moorings, the, mm -hmm. the biblical uh, uh, compass that's, that, mm -hmm. that puts them in a place of, of grave, uh, um, loss uh, of danger, um, spiritually speaking. And scripture is meant to be instructive. Right? Yeah. So we can learn from these stories. That's right. We've been, it's time after time, we'll use the Israelites as an example, or we've been looking lately at kind of the Every Story Whispers His Name series and how the disciples were examples for us not to follow yeah. for the most part. Mm -hmm. You know, here's another example of scripture being instructive for us and how can we take what it's, the story is sharing with us in God's word to say, okay, how can I either follow that model or, or learn from the right. mistakes right. of what God is showing us that uh, an Elimelech did right. or right. a Naomi, and then later we'll hear about Ruth. And though it was Memorial Day yesterday, so you didn't have your community group, I was that hoping true. to see yeah. what kind of comments are there. Mm. I, I do th believe there's gonna be some good conversations yeah. in the small groups on that. What I was trying to do in terms of the applications is is surface some of those um, points that are, are kind of so obvious mm. uh, about about sin and and I'm sure people can come up with many more applications uh, from those first five verses. But oh, um, well, I mean, were there anything that that did get on the cutting room floor, as as we say, any kind of applications that were coming to mind? Well, um, yeah, that's a good question. There there were some. They were more um, like, for instance, um, you know, when God, be the first one was when God becomes distant to us, so do his blessings. There, there are some subcategories of applications of that. Mm -hmm. uh, I was trying to keep it, you know, large, but um, you, um, 
if if so, sub application is so. How well do I know God? Um, I, I had mentioned that Elimelech. The bottom line for Elimelech was that why did he do what he do? Because God was distant from him. He didn't know God, so God was distant from. But why was God distant from? Why was God out there? Why did why was God not relevant to him? Because he didn't know him. Well, boy, you could you could talk about some practical things related. To how, so how do I get to know God? What, what what am I missing? Why why you know why is God just sometimes only a word to me and not a person? And what 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 draws my heart away from God like that? Now we'll, I'll get into a little bit of that next week because Naomi, who in these first five verses doesn't seem to be the bad person. She's the faithful wife who just followed along her husband, who yeah. who took her down the path to. But we'll see this coming weekend. Mm -hmm. Naomi had some issues of her own. Where's her faith? Where's her yeah. faith? And um, uh, so, it, it, bottom line, it comes down to how well do I know God? Mm -hmm. And um, you referenced, I think, a bumper sticker or yeah. something. It was hilarious. I don't know. Have you driven up and down Middle Road recently? There was one of the churches on Middle oh, yeah. Road. You know, they put up little yeah, like the... phrases. That was the phrase this week. That this, was week. this week. What this week. What was the phrase? The phrase of, if you're if you feeling feel dis distant from oh, yeah. God, who moved? Yes, who, who moved? moved? Yeah, it's right there. That was yeah. literally, yeah. Yeah. I think huh. it still might be up there. It is. So yeah. Someone is listening online. Absolutely. <laughs> Someone's yeah. moonlighted out there from another church. <laughs> <laughs> but, but there's a component of also, I wanted to unpack a little bit more because of my worship kind of hat that I like to wear and my, my bent and my passion of like, when was the last time you felt Mm -hmm. the, and experienced the presence of God. We don't talk about that here at FBC much. And yes, we are a church that is teaching-driven and very head-driven. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we're missing that emotional heart component. Mm -hmm. So there's, there is this sense that, yes, are you, how do we feel? We don't want to drive that you know, in our emotions, but man, but when we see God ha you know, work in our lives, what does that make us feel like? Are we right. sensing the presence of God? Because he's around us. He's here all the time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that sign, that bumper sticker is relevant. Right. It is true. It is. Mm -hmm. So are we only experiencing God when we come to church? Or maybe it's once a month, you know, mm -hmm. that we, I, don't, I didn't experience God this past Sunday. You know, the music wasn't good. Yeah. I didn't feel it. You know, so, but where, where are those worship moments during the course of the day-to-day, moment-by-moment times where we're experiencing God's presence. And it's got to be personalized. Mm. What we do corporately mm -hmm. is really more of, of um, inciting that. It, it's Thought-provoking. It's, it's, right. It's, mm -hmm. it's, it's practicing. It's a model. It's of, a model, yes. so, but it's, it's during the week. Mm -hmm. So many times, I, I've said this before, but so many times Christians have become like, um, like spiritual junkies. We come to Sunday and shoot up to get our high. Mm -hmm. And maybe need it during the week sometime, because we're starting to wane. So we got to come mm -hmm. get shot up again. Mm -hmm. We haven't, as the old divine brother Lawrence says, we haven't practiced the presence of God, mm -hmm. and uh, that is personal. It's 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 uh, you know the illustration I shared with mm -hmm. my wife and just that time, which was the second application. If there's a famine in the land, that there doesn't have to be a famine in your soul. Mm -hmm. If we're practicing the presence of God, and if there's that. 
And it's it is ethereal. And it, it's personal. Mm -hmm. It's and personal. That's why you're saying because when difficult. we're together on the weekend, that's corporate. So you mm -hmm. can't just simply only be personal when we're gathered together. You have to acknowledge the community that mm -hmm. we're around. That's right. But then there is the component where the rest of the hours right. of the week we're not together. And, and there's strength are, in community. Right. So mm -hmm. right. so we we you know a few weeks ago. Uh, um, three, four weeks ago, we heard Mark Seal's testimony mm -hmm. and, and entered in a little bit of that pain of a, of a diagnosis. And, and, but that's, that's part of the community. So we're encouraged by that. Mm -hmm. Here's a guy who's, mm -hmm. who's doing this. And, and so, yeah, we need that. But hey, once we break huddle and we're out there alone playing the game, uh, if we're not personally mm -hmm. being energized by the presence mm -hmm. of God, um, mm -hmm. you know, we're, we're going to be susceptible and, and to dude, the sin yeah. that so easily yeah. entangles. And, yeah. the, and the world will always offer the sensory. And so if we can have opportunities in Christian community to experience the sensory sometimes as well and process mm -hmm. our emotions together, mm -hmm. that's so helpful. I'll remember when Don was teaching me about that. There, there seems to be an underlying theology of food in the Bible, of mm -hmm. communion, brothers mm -hmm. and sisters getting together and experiencing and, and dwelling on Christ as we're eating and drinking mm -hmm. something that physically keeps us alive, but we think about what that means for our relationship with God. To your point about emotions, Mark, like that is on the forefront of my ministry, both young adult and youth. It is the emotional aspect of it, of I think I to connect with God, it must be emotional. Yeah. Or worse, how do I handle my emotions biblically? That's, a, there's a, that's another yeah, gap, yeah, too. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. it's hard. I, um, my one son, who has helped with youth before, he was trying to get his young guys in that youth group um, how to engage in that their more visceral, emotional part with the Lord. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, you know, so you ask a question like, um, you know, what were your biggest struggles this week? You know, deadpan look. We're talking about yeah, 15, right. 16 right. boys. Right. And someone, you know, would say, uh, well, I didn't get my homework turned in. And he would have to stop and say, "That's your deepest darkest." You that, right, <laughs> yeah. and and it take you got to work yeah. that, and eventually, all of a sudden, these guys start opening up. Mm -hmm. All it took was one mm -hmm. young man to begin being real mm -hmm. and and uh, and vulnerable and open up his heart. Mm -hmm. And the other interesting thing about that is not only did they become real with each other and talking about, it, they started becoming more real with God, and their their prayers started mm -hmm. becoming. Other than just surfacy, you know, thank you for the nice day, you know. Mm -hmm. So it's so important to have happen, especially because I know that they are texting their deepest, darkest secrets and, <laughs> yeah. and, and saying, oh, I'll, you know, I'll share this and this and this. And so why are we clamming up when we're together as guys? And, yeah. you know, teenagers, it comes with a whole yeah. slew of and, things. And again, I think that's the value of corporate gatherings. Absolutely, it is. And it's what, and I, I'm going to talk about this next week a little bit, but mm -hmm. these first five verses. Um, something happened with this family, with right. Elimelech. Mm -hmm. right. And and it, they were living in a culture where it said, the previous verse in Judges, everyone was doing what was right in their own eyes. I mean, it was it was pervasive. And if, if that's who you're hanging out with, mm -hmm. and, and there's no challenge to one another to stimulate one another to love and good deeds, you're not, uh, you might be assembling yourselves together, but it's with, with the wrong people. Mm -hmm. yeah. And... As we look next week at Naomi, I mean, we know they, according to verse uh, uh, four, they were there for 10 years at mm -hmm. least, mm -hmm. 10 years away from the place of blessing, 10 years away from, and, and not that the Israelites were doing it back in those days, but f uh, 10 years away from uh, meeting on the Sabbath, 
of listening to the law taught, of encountering Jehovah God, it was just not existent. Yeah. And if you live your life that way, that all of a sudden you're going to take matters like Elimelech did and think, okay, I've got a family land. How am I going to figure this out? I'll figure it out. I'll go, go somewhere else. Makes perfectly good sense. But your view is skewed because no one is speaking that into your life and you're away from the law of the Lord, which is to be our delight. And now no wonder everybody's doing what was right in their own eyes. Because they totally cool? left the word of God. Isn't it cool that just these few small yeah. verses, we're here talking about this deep idea of what does community mean to us and what does you know, our walk with the Lord mean to us and mm -hmm. this growing in our knowledge of God based off of just this family. Yeah, maybe maybe I just should preach going. this over again. That's no, well, <laughs> but it, I'm just saying. Just, no, you're it's right. You're right. It's yeah. great of how, again, the, the teaching depth. of what, yeah, and the depth of like what God is inspiring you, Mark, to share with our church to have it be this relevant time yeah. in this COVID-stricken world and all the other things that are going on that might cause people to, to walk away or not be close to God or not be attending church where there's community. Just all, you go down the levels of that yeah. and how we can unpack that and make it relevant today. Yes, just these five verses yes. <laughs> that we're talking about. Yeah. Well, there's such a big difference between I'm going to read scripture because I know God is incredible and it's insightful and I'll, I'll read it until it energizes me or I'll read it until I'm excited by it, or I'll read it until I'm convicted by it. I can look back at my teenage years, all the times I tried to do the Bible in a year and failed. Made it to Ruth every time. <laughs> this passage is one that I'm like, boring, like skipping <laughs> through these names, the famine. You just move through it. Or quickly. you're just studying the facts. Yeah, you know, yeah, okay, no, okay, for sure. Yeah. And, and your view of Scripture is so small to say like, oh, they have to account for the, the blah, blah, blah. But there's something there that the Lord wants us to understand. It's inspired. Yeah. It's inspired. Word of God. All of it. Every All passage. scripture is profitable for teaching, yeah. reproof, correction, for yeah. training in righteousness. Yeah. And that means even Ruth chapters one, mm -hmm. uh, chapter one, mm -hmm. one through five. Yeah. And so we yeah. come to it. And um, I, I, the, the other thing I think that I, I, I was hoping, and the Holy Spirit works in his way, in his mm -hmm. time, you know, the, it's mm -hmm. like, like the wind, it blows as it, as it wills. But, but one of the things I was hoping would weigh heavy on us is this sense of the seriousness of sin. Mm -hmm. the, the last point, I think, was the malignancy of sin, using mm -hmm. that Jerry Bridges quote uh, from his book, Respectable Sins, about cancer. Um, mm -hmm. It does metastasize. And, and you hear those words, cancer and metastasize, uh, those aren't nice words. Mm -hmm. um, and, but if that's true with a physical malady like cancer, then it's also true in terms of sin. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's horrible. I, another application we could have dealt with, but it just, the, the impact of a father's choice that ends up um, mm -hmm. destroying the family. Mm -hmm. And that's another, I mean, that's another whole thing. That, that, Destroying into death, essentially. Right, Going that's to, a whole... That's yeah. a year's now, worth of BTC class right there. By the way, um, an aside here, I happen to think about this, but Don Den Hartog was back, right. you know, the, and he did a week ago that seminar on, uh, on how to study the Bible, you know, but also on the relevancy and the application. Now, uh, I think if Don was here, he would agree with this, but... The application of what I just said about fathers leading the kids, that's not the, that is not the primary mm. application here mm. right? Um, of what I think mm. uh, maybe Samuel, whoever's writing this, was intending. Mm -hmm. I do think it was about sin and, and guarding about things like that, but it certainly is a, a valid 
application yeah. and, and, and implication mm -hmm. of the text. Mm -hmm. So as community groups get together, people discuss this mm -hmm. passage, uh, and uh, that would certainly be something that could be played out yeah. and asked, mm -hmm. where was the father? Look what the impact mm -hmm. of a father's choices to his to his whole family. Yeah. Well, if you attended Fellowship Saturday, yeah, you would have experienced a unique component of the worship time, where at the end Scott St. Meyer came up, and in in the spirit led moment for him, he was responding to what God was speaking to him, and was like, "Man, we at FBC don't talk too much about sin in this way. We don't talk too much about repentance and the call mm -hmm. for that." And he was like, "Just in this moment, Fox, that was great. Go to the Lord yourself in this moment of silence and." At the conclusion of the service, yeah, you know, that was that. great. Every now and then an elder might do that with communion or something like mm -hmm, that yeah. once or twice a year. Mm -hmm. But God prompted him in that moment for those people in that time and place to say, I got to wrestle with this. Yeah. And That's it good. was cool. Yeah, yeah it really was. That. It was very meaningful. Yeah. It was a good weekend all the way around. Mm -hmm. I think oh, there's sure. great worship and great uh, just encouragement of the body going on. Mm -hmm. And um, so, yeah, yeah, it was fun. Yeah, it was good. Gentlemen, you are awesome. Mark Francis, coming your way, dude. What's right. the deal? What's the deal with the schedule? Well, I shared a lot mm -hmm. um, in announcements this past weekend, yeah. and so I'll just recap. So we have a meet and greet with the Sanfords and Weirs this coming yes. Sunday night. So if you have not ever met them, come on out to the church, mm -hmm. 6 o'clock for that. Mm -hmm. um, kids Week is coming up, so if you haven't registered your kids, do that. Volunteer. We still need help, but then more importantly, invite people. So mm -hmm. just get the word out there to allow this not just be an FBC holy huddle event, but get the community involved, get other families, other kids to come and hear about the Lord. So that's Kids Week um, in a couple weeks, and we are also bringing in three visitors who are global church partners. You guys know them as Saji, Hansen, and Augustine, mm -hmm. and they, their wives are showing up as well. They're going to be in town for a global church spotlight, so we're going to have some cool opportunities to interact with them. Um, during the end of June. Can I rudely interrupt you? I'm, so, of uh, just a quick note on the children's thing. There's never yeah. been a, a cooler, more exciting time to get plugged into children's ministry than now, just with mm. Brian Weir coming on staff. Yeah. He has an excitement and an energy and a passion to him. This is his first kids week. I, I get, you know, heading yeah. up everything and stuff. Yeah. So, anyway, just, yeah, t take that to when heart. When you show up on June 5th, grill him of all the details. That, that is true yeah. as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but no, yeah, take that into consideration because it's, the buzz around the office is so awesome. Just thinking about the future of children's ministry and the opportunities you guys have to get plugged in. And the in, musical so. chairs of desks and staff oh, it's been, bouncing around. It's been wild. Yeah. yeah. It's like it's like an HGTV I said, show. I said, there. none of my stuff's moving, right? Yeah. I said, no. I was like, all right, good. Good. <laughs> but, yeah. Guys, thank you so much for being here. As a reminder to our viewers and listeners, you can find us each and every week, uh, middle of your week, Sermon Spotlight. We pop right up on podcast platforms everywhere. Other than that, fbcva.org is where you can find us. The fact of the matter, everybody, is that sermons are not meant to just take an hour, but rather transform a lifetime. Until next week, much love, God bless.